They have preached the sermon this morning. Blessing. It's always great to hear beautiful music expressed, and I appreciate it. I'm kind of person, I haven't met too much, I met a few people like this, but I always wake up in the morning with a tune. I don't know, it annoys my wife when she's trying to sleep in, but I'm there humming away, showering, shaving. Now I have some new tunes to, to, to enjoy in the morning. Thank you. A couple months ago I spoke, and I, I was speaking about the, the impact the Lord Jesus Christ had on a few individuals personally after his resurrection, on Easter Day. The first was Mary Magdalene. And she had been cured of seven demons that had possessed her. And the Lord had dealt with that, and she became a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when she came with the women on Easter morning to the tomb, The angels told them to go back and tell the disciples, but she, she came back and she lingered and she wept. And she had a weeping heart. And she wept and she told the person she thought to be the gardener, where is he that I might take him? And the gardener was the Lord Jesus. He simply said, Mary. And by his tone of voice, she knew it was him. And her heart was filled with joy, and she went to tell the disciples as, as he requested. She had a weeping heart. The next were the two that were on their way to Emmaus that we talked about. And they were sad. They were really downcast. And, you know, it's... it's the stranger comes up to them and tells them that, asks them why they're so sad, and they ask, don't you know what's just happened in Jerusalem? And they came up, they rose up that very hour when they were finished and returned to Jerusalem after he had revealed himself in Emmaus. He expounded to them in the scriptures all the things concerning himself. He kind of opened, here, here's, here's this Old Testament scripture, and these are all the things that are referring to me, the, to the Messiah. But he didn't let them know he was the Messiah. His, he still had the wounds of Calvary in his hands, in his side. His face was uh, disfigured, was marred more than any man. So Mary couldn't recognize him because, until he said Mary, and it was the same voice. And the disciples that were on the way to Emmaus, Cleopas and his companion, didn't recognize him until they invited him to join them for a meal. And they invited him. You'd think they would be the hosts, but he turns out being the host. And he reveals himself there. He, and when he, they, they gave it to him, their eyes were opened, they knew him, and they vanished from their sight. But what they said was, did not our hearts burn within us when he revealed the scriptures to us? So they had a burning heart. So there's two. There's two we haven't covered yet. But just by way of introduction, one more. That night, they ran back to Jerusalem. And they came back to Jerusalem and met with the disciples upstairs. This was the first time. 
that Jesus appears to the whole, to the group of the disciples. And they said, he appeared to us. In fact, he said, the Lord is, the Lord is, no, I guess I, I, I kind of scratched that. I guess, I don't know exactly what they said, but they said to him, the Lord has, has, has risen and has appeared to Simon. And that's the, he's the one we're going to deal with in a few minutes. But there, he appears to them. The first thing he says is peace. And then with them, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scripture. So this is, to the, the two on the way to Emmaus, he says, this is what it says in the Old Testament concerning me. You know, he probably pointed to Abraham and Isaac. And he could have pointed to Adam, how God clothed him, okay, uh, with the skin of an animal to keep him warm. He could have gone through all these pictures we see in the Old Testament, which are so beautifully illustrated here in our various services at the assembly. He could have gone through all that. But here now, he opened their understanding to the group that they might understand the scripture which is a, a, a bit deeper. It's not just one thing to know about things, but to actually know them um, and to comprehend them. What does this mean to me? What does this mean to me? So that's where we're going to start this morning. So if you turn into the Bible to John chapter 20, I'd appreciate it because there's two more that we haven't covered yet. So we had the weeping heart, Mary Magdalene, and we had the burning heart, of the two on the road to Emmaus, and we didn't talk about the racing heart of John and Peter when they raced to see if what the women had said was true, but there's a third one if you, if you need a whole bunch of them. There's a number of them. But John chapter 20, we're going to learn about one more. Because in that meeting on Easter night, there was one person who wasn't there. Why wasn't he there? Well, I don't know, but he wasn't there. Maybe uh, something came up at home, but at that particular meeting, he wasn't there. So John chapter 20, verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see the hand, his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Okay. The doubting heart. Thomas called the twin. Thomas was kind of a fearful person. There's one point uh, in, in John when uh, Jesus wanted to go back to uh, Bethany because Lazarus had, the report was that he had died. And uh, Thomas is the one who said, well, let's go, let's go, go, go die with him. Okay, it's kind of a uh, sarcastic statement, I thought. But anyway, that's, that, he, he doesn't want to go. He's kind of a two minds. Uh, well, I should go, but I don't want to go. Well, we'll just go and we'll die with him. Okay, I've given myself up to that. He's kind of that kind of a person, a very fearful person. He had great doubts. And here he says, I will not believe. And here's a quote from a commentator. To believe is to be in one mind about accepting something as true. To disbelieve is to be of one mind to reject it. You either believe or you don't believe, okay? Believe, disbelief. To doubt is to waver between the two. 
to believe and disbelieve at once, and so be in two minds. He's the twin, two minds. Okay, he, he, he wants to believe, but he, he really can't believe. He wants, he wants some real proof, hands-on proof. And, you know, if Dave and Rod or uh, the police officers we have here, Davey and, and, and Mark, uh, said something happened, I would believe them. Uh, I, I usually don't believe things on TV. They're always distorted. Things that I have known about for true, the truth about something is never the way it's reported. So I always suspect that, I can't believe the TV, but if Rod, Dave, uh, Mark, or uh, uh, Davey say something, I, I believe it. Well here, Thomas has been with these guys for three years, over three years, and he won't believe their testimony. I mean, I find that amazing. I don't know if you're like, are you like that? You really need the proof before you really trust something? I don't know. But he needs, he needs more proof. Um, you know, the other day we're, uh, we had a, I don't speak here. One, the other day we had a, a, a baptism class. And one of the things we want to emphasize in a baptism class is, are you really saved? Do you really know the Lord as your personal Savior? Are you trusting in him? Because some people come and they think, well, if I, uh, I trusted Jesus, but I'm really not saved until I get baptized. We try to dispel that, 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 that belief uh, because it's not true biblically. I mean, the poor thief on the cross never would have been to paradise with the Lord if that was true. So we try to dispel it. And the way we did, the way we did it this time was uh, there was a chair nearby, and I'll talk loud so you can hear me over here. And I said, look. Uh, this, this, is, this is little Carson. He was baptized last week, okay? And I said, Carson, it's like this. To, to really trust something, do you believe I could sit in that chair? And he says, yeah. I said, well, am I trusting the chair now? Well, he said, no. I said, well, am I, am I trusting the chair now? Well, no. Am I trusting the chair now? Well, No. Am I trusting the chair now? Yes, I have a belief in it. It can hold me. And not only do, do I have that superficial belief, but I trust it. And that's what Jesus wanted in his disciples, that full belief, that trust, that he, could, that he was their Lord and Savior, that they could trust him for salvation. And... Peter, uh, uh, Thomas couldn't do it unless he really had the proof. I'm going to put my hands in his side. Okay, put my fingers in the print of the nail in his hands because they were still there, you see. His resurrected body still had the marks of Calvary. That's the important thing. There was one of the, in the song we sang this morning, The last verse said, Oh, to see my name written in the wounds, for through your suffering I am free. Death is crushed to death. Life is mine to live, won through your selfless love. Written in the wounds. The wounds are there of Calvary. That's amazing. You know, the wounds are there. And Thomas said, I've got you to prove it to me. You must be from Missouri, okay? Show me. Show me. 
And that's the way he was. He was that kind of a person. So, second time, Jesus appears to the group, and we'll go there. Verse 26. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, and doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Shalom. And there's more to that. We have a brother here who's... Okay, what's the whole thing? Thank you. Peace. To me, that, that is such a, a treasure of a word, peace. Because they're afraid. All of a sudden, he appears again, okay? And he, the, the doors were locked. He comes in. The doors are locked. He comes in. He appears. And he says, peace. But then he goes right over to Thomas. And he says this, verse 27. Reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Okay, so he's saying, you're here. You're kind of two minds about this. I'm here. Put your hands there. It's amazing that the Lord loved them that much that he actually let him. I don't know if Thomas did, but he said, put your fingers right there. There's the hole from the nail. There's the, nail, the hole from the nail. There's the wound in my side. You do it. You want the proof, you do it. Thomas replies so appropriately, my Lord and my God, you're going to be the king of my heart, on the throne of my heart, and you're going to be the king of the universe. Okay? Full acknowledgement, Jesus is God. And he's the Lord of his life, you see. My Lord and my, my God. He refused, and in some ways he's a good example. He said he refused to say he understood when he didn't, and he refused to pretend to believe when he didn't. When he did understand and believe, he went all the way and called Jesus his Lord and his God. Saving faith is trumpets trusting something that's true, and that. It's not just about the cross. You know Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world, the Bible says. The sins of the world. But have you trusted him as your personal savior? That's salvation. That's saving faith.